Okay, in the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. So we're continuing again our study, uh, Epistle of St. Paul to the Colossians, chapter three. And we've talked about, just as a reminder, again, the whole idea for, 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 the, for the epistle itself, uh, people who've been attacked by different kind of teaching, different kind of teaching, specifically, as we said before, Gnosticism. And another part of that is going back again to the old tradition, to the, to the, to the uh, law and to the uh, teaching of, of the law without, uh, without Christ, without Christ. So St. Paul heard the news that this small church, that even though he is not the one who established the church, but this small church is struggling and is uh, going through, through uh, difficulties and he rushed into, into appointing you know, and writing them a letter to make sure that, uh, that they are back on the, on the, on the uh, right path again. So just kind of go through it with you again in the, in the, in the uh, first chapter of Colossians, he's writing this again to the saints and he called them the saints, right? Because he's still, saints is those who are set aside for Christ. So not for us to say, okay, he's talking to the saints, not us, we are not saints. We don't have to do anything with that, with, with that. no. We are all saints. We are all saints because we are all set aside for, for God. And then he talks to them about that he knew, he learned from Epiphras, who is the one who established the church, that, that, uh, that uh, he heard good thing about them. Although he heard bad things, but as we talked before in the beginning, he focused on what, on the good things. He focused on the good things. Yes, I know there is trouble. I know that you are struggling, but I will first of all acknowledge that you are faithful. As you also learn from Epaphras, our dear fellow servants who is faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. So he first start with declaring that they are good. They are, uh, they are faithful. And, but then he goes on again to talk about, okay, you are confused about who Christ is. So in the first chapter, he starts to talk about about who Christ is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, 115. For by him, all things were created. And so he starts to introduce that salvation and the knowledge is only from God, from Christ. How, do we, how did we know God through his son? And that's why he goes on in the beginning of that passage that, that, uh, that giving thanks to you for that, that in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So he starts to introduce to them Christ, which is the invisible or the visible up for the invisible. We don't know who God is. We've never seen God. But here, Christ is the one. And through him, you know God. And then he, he go on and on as we studied the last three chapters, who Christ is and the idea of Christ, the head out of which the whole body comes from. So, and again, we, we stress on this point, it's the understanding. It's not that there is a body and there is a head and the head happens to be the head of the body. No, that the body is the source. The head is the source of the body. From him comes, from the head. And this is very relevant. And that's why I'm touching on this now, because this will actually help us a lot to understand the passage of today. He is the head and out of that head comes the body. So it's not again, but there happen, it happens to be there is a body, it happens to be a head, and then that head is the head of that body. No, that there is no body without the head. This is very, very important. This is again all in, in the beginning. I'm just like reviewing what we've, what, what, we've gone, what we've been through. 
And then we talked more about, you know, who were we, right? And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind, yet you were reconciled. And then he goes on to chapter two, which is again, the idea of, uh, of uh, because of that, you need to, to know again, what is the mystery? And he starts to talk about the mystery of God, right? The, the mystery of God, what is that? And what, how, how we, we understand that mystery and how we, that mystery is revealed to us through Christ, right? And then because of that, do not be, as we said, do not be deceived by different uh, or persuasive words, right? That, and we, 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 we apply this much on our day and age that all the teachings and all the philosophies and all the politics and all the science and everything in a way is deceiving and trying to take us away from from the knowledge of the one God. And then he goes rooted and built up in him. And we talked about both the farmer and the builder. Remember that? Rooted meaning that we are planted and built up mean that we are actually the body that is built, the, 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 the foundation. So he talks about, about the, the two uh, uh, analogy, the farmer and the seed that is, that is rooted and, and brings forth fruit and also the building that has to be built and established on the foundation uh, of faith have been taught about in, in this with Thanksgiving. And then we, 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 we moved on and on more, more uh, with, with after he lays this foundation going again to chapter three, which is now the, the, the instructions, if you remember that, right? Instructions of if we are, as he said at the end of chapter, of chapter two, that if we are new and we are renewed, by him, as, as he talks about that, that, that uh, 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 then, then we need to behave, we need to live in a certain way, in a certain way, right? So in, in 2.12, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And then he talks about that he has wiped away and we, we talked about wiped away meaning actually erasing, erasing. And, and give us that renewal. So with that comes chapter three. Okay, if you, now you learned the dogma, you learned the theology, you learned what has God done with you, now you have to behave in this way, right? And we've, we talked about that, that's why in chapter three, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things, things that are from above. Set your mind on Christ. We talked about that, and we spent a lot of times about how we can set our mind on Christ. Again, establishing a foundation and then pushing towards what, what we call orthopraxy, which is the practice of orthodoxy, right? We, 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 we have knowledge and we have what practice. We can know, but when it comes that the real exam and the real test, when we turn the knowledge into practice. And that's what we use the term orthopraxy, practicing orthodoxy, practicing the, 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 the teaching, practicing the dogma practicing the way we receive the faith. So you start with that, as we said, okay, set your mind on things above, right? If this is who you are, here's how you ought to live. Set your mind. And then he goes on, as we said, we, he started with the negative things, remember? And start with the fornication. And we said that the fornication is basically just a metaphor for our relationship with God when we go astray. That it's exactly in the eyes of God, it is adultery. And we read the, the, the passage from, from, from Hosea and from Ezekiel that, that you are committing adultery in my eyes. 
when you go and find yourself another gods, another kings. So established, he started the negative things first because as we said, why he wants to, he wants us to do what? To uproot first, to remove first, right? Remove the things and then you start to replace again. Remove the bad and replace it with the good. And then he talks about then, you know, uh, in, in, in 3.8, now you yourselves are to put off all this anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and then move on into now the new man and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge. And because of that, put on, that's what we were talking about last time, bowels of mercies, if you remember. And we said bowels, why is bowels? Because it's from the inside. It has to be from the inside. We can, we can force ourselves to be nice to each other from the outside. It doesn't work. It doesn't last, right? Like till when? I can't take this anymore, <laughs> right? That's it. <laughs> I gave him all the chances. Now I have to, right? That's why he says here, therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. And he keeps putting, he keeps, keeps hitting, hinting on the idea of putting on the new man, right? The new cloth, the new robe that you've received in the baptism. And because you've done this, you know, put on this and, and take the tender mercies of the bowels of mercies, kindness, humility. And then we said, as the outer garments on top of this, put on also what? Love. As exactly, I'm putting this. And then on top of it, I'm wearing the, 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 the faragiyya <laughs> on top of this. So the, the outer robe that will cover everything. And that is what the bond of perfection. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, and we said this, we talked about this last time, let the peace of God rule. And we said that rule here in the meaning of what, if you remember, what does rule mean? Anybody remember that? Hmm? Rain was one a translation. Another translation also is what, if you remember, the analogy of what? The arbitrator in the Olympics, the referee in the Olympics, who can rule and say, you are entitled to take the medal or not. It's the same word. So the peace will rule. When we have that, 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 that confrontation, our hearts between should I be this or should I be that? The one that will rule, the one that will, will have the final word is what? The, the, the judge, exactly, which, which will be the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule over. And let the word dwell in you. And we talked about this with, with, with the idea of the, 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 the practicing, the practicing, practicing into all this comes in practice into what, into what we talk, how we worship, how we deal with each other. And here he puts in several words of, of, of in verse 16, uh, we haven't touched on verse 16, we'll touch on 16 and then continue after. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing in your, in grace in your hearts to the Lord. One thing that is very important in this text here, that, that repetition of certain, of certain texts, which is, Again, here in, in three, um, three sixteen. Look again at, at the first chapter, one 
28. So 316 here, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then if you go to 128, look at this. And you tell me what you think. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may pre present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man. And three, 16 again, is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. See, what's, what's the similarity between, between this and that? Hmm? It's the same. It's the same. Why is it the same? Through the word of God. So what he's talking about in 128 is what? That him we teach and we admonish everyone. And then he goes on. In the same way, you also, when you talk to each other, do what? Do the same thing. Do the same thing. In, in Arabic, This is in, in 128. In 316, the same thing. The same two words. The same two words. Why is that? Because the source is, is one, is God, is the word of God, the source of the word of God. As is what he's saying is what? If I am saturated with the word of God, whether I am teaching or whether I'm talking, the talking will still be what? The same. The same according to the word of God. According to the word of God. Now, now forgive me if I say that, but how many times in our socializing, we talk about everything in the world, right? And how often do we really bring the word of God? And like, you know, like no, no, it's not the time for that now. We're just having fun. It's not time for, as if the word of God is, it's not fun. <laughs> well, it's not the time. It's not the proper time now. We're just here to socialize. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have to open the scripture and read as I'm socializing, but my words, my thoughts, what's on my mind, what's, what we're talking, what we're discussing, even if we're discussing politics, even if we're discussing sports, even if we're discussing whatever, it will be under what? Under the, the guidance of the word of God. It's exactly if you give, if you take a piece of sponge and throw it in water and then take that sponge outside and squeeze it, what will come out of that sponge? whatever that the sponge was immersed. So if we are away from the word of God, then when we, as he says now, when we are talking together and meeting together, what will come out is definitely not the word of God and vice versa. So here he's saying something that is very, very important that, okay, let, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you, which dwell means what? To find a place, to find a place. In order to find the place, that place has to be what? Purified, prepared, clean. And that's why, again, back again to the point of a lot of times I don't understand the scriptures. I don't understand the Bible. Or I read and read and read and it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sink, it doesn't dwell. Why it doesn't dwell? Because the place is not. Ready. 
the place is not ready. Saint Mary, in order for her, for the word of God to dwell in her, she had to be what? Ready. She had to be her all her, her life. Her part was that she dwelled in the house of the Lord all her life. And yes, the Holy Spirit that came upon her and purified her, but she also had that what? Inclination. She was ready. She learned the word of God wasn't, wasn't away from her, wasn't strange. Imagine a girl 12 years old, she spent all her life in the temple. What she hears all the time is what? The Psalms and songs. That's exactly what he's talking about. So she was ready. Yes, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who purified her, who made her ready, but she was able to do that because the atmosphere that she was in was all the Word of God. Again, I always say that in a time that the world outside always need, needs something, need, needs, needs something different, needs to hear something positive, not as we're just like making up things. I was just talking to somebody the other day, like, what, Father, I am really down because where this country is going to? <laughs> where is the whole world going to? And what, how that is impacting each one of us. And that's why I was talking to, to, to the Buddhist the other day, Bishop of Africa, said, as much as this time is hard, this is time for harvest. Because people are so much in need. So when we start to talk, it's our, word, our, our words, the teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Or we're just going with the flow, whatever, whatever. Again, it doesn't mean that every single time, okay, you know, we're talking, okay, let me, let me say, uh, sing a song or sing a psalm. No. But when I am satisfied, when I am saturated with that, what will come out will be in that realm. That's what he's talking about. And he, he says, okay, that means there are songs, there are hymns, and there are spiritual songs. So what is the difference? What are the difference between those three? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Three are the same, but not exactly the same. Why are not exactly the same? Because what? The songs are the songs, are the text, right? The songs, and that's what the, the Jewish tradition of prayer was, the songs, right? What are the hymns and the spiritual songs? Made by people, exactly. But on the same line of, of the songs. Right? So here also, he shows something that's very, very important. The church is always a, a worshiping church, right? Church of hymns from the beginning. I asked this one time, uh, somebody was just visiting the church, I think it was a group from, from Lutheran Seminary or something like, why do you, do you sing the liturgy? Why don't you just say it? Instead of saying, oh God, the great, and oh God, the great, eternal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> why is that? Because this is what the church is. From the beginning, the church is a church of what? Of hymns. This is, this is the worship, right? Why? Because, because you are practicing, the whole body is practicing that. You're not just reading words, right? But you're touching the, the spirit, you're touching the soul, you're touching the body, you're touching the ears, you're touching everything. And you're allowing when, 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 we, when, we, when we prolong or when we sing the text instead of reading the text, you're allowing the word to dwell. Right? 
So here he's saying that, that there is room for the human part in the worship. Right? You want to take a psalm and make it a song? Go ahead. Wonderful. But the whole reason would be what? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So that means that the singing must come from where first? From the heart. From the heart. I was just reading, actually, uh, as I said before, I have a, a discipleship group with, with the local Nigerians. I do that with them every Thursday morning. And right now we're, just, we're, we're reading or we're have, contemplating about the prayers. So I'm exposing them to the, to the, to the, to the mindset of the, of the fathers and the church fathers and what do they think. And so they, I send them, they don't have books. So I send them, take a picture of the, of the chapter and I send it to them to WhatsApp. They will read it, memorize it, actually better than anybody that I've seen before. And then next week we meet and they actually have the, the section, the five pages or whatever, memorized, literally memorized. So I was last, last Thursday, I was talking to them about that. One of the things that I, that I shared with them is, is the say of, of Abba Macarius, St. Macarius, about the prayer. And the prayer has to come from pure heart. So there's a story of Amba Beeman, I think, or Bamwa, who heard that he was doing 300 matanias and he heard that somebody else in the world living uh, in the world and he's doing 400. And he was like upset. How come there's another person that is living in the world and he's doing more prostration than I'm doing? <laughs> so I went to Seth Macarius and complaining to him. <laughs> so I said, it doesn't matter if you do, he said, I do 50. <laughs> That's Macarius. <laughs> I, I don't do four, 500, do 50. But the 50 that I do are what from pure heart, from the heart. So it doesn't matter if you do 50, 300, 400, 500. Don't, 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 don't be uh, 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 deceived by that. The most important if it, is it coming from the heart or not. So what Saint Macarius was saying is, is even if it's a short prayer, but it's coming from a pure heart, it's better than long prayer. But the heart is what is impure. And that, that's what St. Paul is talking about. He was Colossian. He's, he's building them up to this point that when you stand to pray, because of what we've talked about before, because now you remove the malice, you remove the, the adultery, you removed all those things, you put on the, 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 the kindness, you put on the long suffering, you put on top of this all the love. Now, what will happen to the heart? It becomes pure. So let's take it backward. <laughs> If I don't know how to pray, or if my prayers are not coming from, with grace, from a pure heart, let's go backward again from chapter three and, and, and read it, right? Let peace of God rule in your heart. Is there peace or not? Above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Is there love or not? Bearing one another, forgiving one another. Is that there or not? Put on tender mercies, bowel of mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering. Is that there or not? See, we're going backward, right? Because that's, that's, that's the order. That's what he's trying to do, right? If you did this and this and this and this and that, now when it comes that you are gathering together, what will happen? Or when you read the word, what will happen to the word? The word will do what? Will dwell. So before, please, before we say I cannot, I'm not benefiting from the scripture, let's, let's 
read chapter three again of Colossians again. If I say I read and I don't understand, I don't I don't feel like God is speaking to me. Well, let's let's read chapter three backward <laughs> and work on that first. But don't leave the Word of God. Continue reading the Word of God, but continue to work on what He's talking about here. Then you see that the word is dwelling. And if the word is dwelling, then what will come out of your heart is what? From your tongue is that? From the abundance of the heart. That's exactly what, again, St. Paul did not create a new theology. For those people who said Paul did his own theology, no, he didn't. That's exactly what Christ taught. Exactly. From the abundance of the heart speaks that. That's exactly what he's saying. Let the word of God, of Christ, dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And, and may I add something else in this, you know, I've learned this from the fathers myself, is be creative in your prayers. Instead of the monotony of the prayer, be creative. Talk with your spiritual father, not on your own, but talk and be how to be creative in the prayer. Okay, maybe I read the psalm and it's very boring and I can't do it. It's the same thing over and over again. How can you be creative? Again, there is room for that. It's not like, okay, this is what you have to do and this is what you have to say. And if you said anything outside of this, your prayers is not accepted. No. Some people will resonate with hymns. Some people resonate with spiritual songs. Some people resonate with songs. But don't do it on your own. Talk to your father. Talk to your spiritual father. But be creative with that. There is nothing wrong with that. The whole idea is to do what? Is to be in his presence. The whole idea is to connect with him. The church gave us what we should do. Yes, definitely. And we cannot deviate from that. But meanwhile, the church also gave us the flexibility of how can I be touched? Maybe you are touched by, 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 by hymns and by midnight praises. Wonderful. Maybe I'm touched more with spiritual songs. Wonderful. Maybe somebody else is touched with the text of the liturgy. Beautiful. But be creative. Don't just put yourself in one form and then complain, well, I'm bored. <laughs> Even the church itself is creative. We have different seasons. We start the season today. We see that the tones are different. The words are different. The gospel response is different. So we're not in the same monotony all the time. So that, that's, what we, that's what I read from St. Paul when he says about talk with one another in hymns and songs and spiritual songs, meaning that everybody can be touched in a different way. But it's all coming from what? From the word of God. Based on that, verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So this is the conclusion. Whatever you do, do it in, in the name of the Lord. What does, the, what does it mean, practical? What does it mean, do it in the name of the Lord? What do you think? Okay. Literally, the, the beginning would be in the name of Christ or with the name of the, of the cross or signing the cross. Okay, that's, that's actual literal. Okay, but what else? Say again? Doing it as you're doing it for. Okay, I, I, as much as I like the statement, but it's very, very, very general and very, very Sunday school. 
answer. How can I do anything for him? I'm going now home, driving. <laughs> How can I drive home in the name of Christ? <laughs> Doing his will, okay. More, more. He's in the mind. He's in the mind. I like this. He's in the mind. Yes. Again. Yes. Thanking him. Yes. 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 Right. Thank him. That, yes. That's why he said, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanking to the Father through the Son. For his glory. For his glory. Yes, which means what, as we just did now, as we just glorified the relics of St. Of George, we glorified God in St. George. Why? Because he devoted his life. Right? So to, to glorify or to do everything in his name, meaning, again, I can drive from here for half an hour and my mind is all over the place. I'm judging people. I'm uh, feeling pity for myself. I am dreaming of something. I'm just totally disconnected. And I can do the same drive, the same period, but I can intentionally tune in my mind and my thoughts to it to god why because he's a living god he's not just an abstract somewhere but how to make this again very very practical i intentionally have to remind myself as i'm driving that goal oh, there's you know this is time to talk to god to thank him again thank him for all the day thank him for what's happening thank him for beautiful service in the morning for whatever happened yesterday for whatever And that, that, that turns us, turn us from living a life, self-centered life into Christ-centered life. If, I, if it's a self-centered life, okay, take again that example of driving 30 minutes. If it's a self-centered life, what would I do in, do in that 30 minutes? A lot of things. How many people were pleased with my sermon today? I'm just giving my example for myself. How many people were really said, wow, Abuna, that was a beautiful sermon. Okay. How many people that I may be, uh, uh, you know, offended or wh whatever, whatever. I can, I can start thinking and thinking and thinking all about myself. Myself. Hmm? My, ego. My ego. My ego. And builds on that. And the more I get something that's very entertaining, I actually take it more and more and more. Right? Maybe imagine, you know, what if, you know, somebody will tell me this and I make a big, huge movie out of that, right? And, just gonna, and then, oh, wow, I, I'm home already. <laughs> what have I done? And that's why the saints and the father said the, the, the main battle is where is he? Is he? And that's what he's talking about. Whatever you do in word or deed. The power of fa'al. Do all in the name of stay focused on the purpose. Stay focused that, that, that what if I, okay, what, 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 okay, I can't do that. You know, I'm going to go crazy. You, you want me to talk to myself? <laughs> no, I'm not talking to myself. Why? Because there is God. And if I'm not having that connection, that would be my prayer. Like, Lord, you know, alert me and, and, and teach me how to really understand and believe that you are actually next to me and in me during my drive back home. The problem is, is we have too many noises in our head, right? In our mind. So we're not, we don't have the, 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 the peace that we can actually settle down and we can discover 
Actually, he is the one who's talking to us. And if you settle down and quiet down every voice, you'll hear his voice telling you, here I am. I want to talk to you. I want you to talk to me. But it doesn't come unless I'm intentionally thinking about that, intentionally putting the effort for that. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of God, the Lord Jesus, thank, giving thanks to God the Father. And then starts the, the, the next few verses to the end of the chapter is more and more of a practical solution. Right? Any questions to this point? Again, as we said before, we're going slow, so I don't care if I finish the chapter or not. Let's just take our time as you know. Any questions, any thoughts, any any challenges? Yes, Taima, go ahead. Um, about the, the mystery that is, it, it has been revealed. This is in verse 26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from. That's chapter two, that, that, that's in the back, in the past, not this chapter. Yes, or chapter one. Okay. But it's still, still the question in my mind, uh, if you have time for it, because it is going to, you know, the mystery is, it, it means that this is Christ, the appearance of Christ or the, the incarnation, um, the word of God became, Human, you know, mm. this is the mystery. I, I believe this is a continuation of um, we, we, we talked about that at that time and the mystery not only that but the mystery is God is revealing himself to the whole creation the Gentiles and the Jews that's that is the mystery and that then we became we are part, part of, of that as Christians yes and then there is um, and by the way that's what we say in the liturgy when we say that you give that great mystery for Godliness. Okay. Right? I'm talking about, you know, like in the, I don't remember, I don't remember where it's exactly, but it's probably in second, second Thessalonians, chapter two. You know about the Antichrist? Okay. Will not be revealed until that mystery is up, it is lifting, it's lifted. Okay. You know what I mean about this yes, it's it's a little bit different topic. It's it's it is a completely different. It's topic. different topic. So let's focus on this. Finish this, and then we can talk about this later. Just to go on with the same flow of, of, of the thing. But I, I I know what you're talking about. This is this this you know the, the, the mystery has to be revealed. Then the antichrist will come. So it's but it, lifted. Yeah, and then you know the antichrist. Lifted is the word. Yes. Yes, yes. Second Thessalonica. Two, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But, but by the way, what we're talking about is right on, right on the same track. Because why is that? Because what he's trying to do is what? He's telling the people how to live as Christian, how to declare that mystery through us, through our behavior. Right? So if you look at it from this way, you see that it's actually continuation and an application of what you're saying. How is that mystery be, 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 be all over? How is that, how will everybody know the mystery through our behavior, behavior right? So that's why, you know, back again to, to the end of the chapter of Colossians 3, it starts with those three groups, 
of people. So he talks about, okay, do this and do that and they, I uproot all the, take away all the malice, all the, the, the adultery, all this and this and that, put on the mercies, put on the love, put on all those things. And then in practical way, let's do something that is very, very, very specific. And mainly what three groups of people, two groups of people. Before we, we do this, let's, let's, let's keep in mind again, the, 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 the order of the Roman Greek household at that time. Because that, unless we understand that, we never understand this passage, right? And, and that's why we always say we cannot take the word and we cannot take you know, things out of context. So after he's talking and preaching about what we should do and in general as a behavior, now he specifically talks about three group of people. Who are those three group of people? Wives and husbands, fathers and, and children, and slaves and masters, right? Did I miss anything else? Wives, submit to your own husbands. Husbands, love your wives. That's 18 and 19. 20 and 21. Children, obey your parents. Fathers, do not provoke your children. 22, bound servants, obey in all things. And then he goes on, whatever, again, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to man. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for your serve, the Lord Christ. So those are three groups, right? When we read this, what's, what's, what, what, did you, what do you pay attention? What do you pick from this? Let, let me read it from, from verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. So in, in those few verses, what's, what, what gets your attention? 24. 24. Okay. 24 says, if you do as I told you or as I advise you, you will take the reward from that. Okay. Not from the husband, not okay. from the wife. Very good. That means what? That the actual household, the actual master in those three things is yeah. That's the bottom line. Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line of this, whether your relationship between husband and wife or parents and, and children or servant and slaves, the real master is is God. Yes. What else? Through what he is teaching. Again, he's not talking to, to from, from things from, 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 from out of nothing. He's talking about the grace. He's talking about the baptism. He's talking about the new man. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Always when we read those things and we come right away and say, this is very, very impractical. That means definitely I am only thinking about my own abilities. And absolutely you cannot do anything on your own. But we are forgetting again what he's talking about. That's why he started this chapter with, if you were raised with him, where's the power of the resurrection? It's not just an imagination. It's not just like he raised on from the tomb and that, okay, thank you. But you know what? I am struggling here because I cannot do this and this and this. That's exactly why he started this chapter with this. 
if then you were raised with Christ, seek these things. Because, you know, if you died with him, you, you, your life is hidden with Christ, in Christ. Then the one that is working, the one that is actually acting with the people, the one that is, that is, that is encountering people is whom? It's Christ that's in you. Tomorrow we're celebrating the, the martyrdom of whom? John the Baptist. Right? What did John the Baptist do? I'll give you a preview of the sermon tomorrow. <laughs> and what else? Uh, returning the people. And what else? How was he able to do this? How was he able to go in front of the king and said, you cannot do this. You think that was hard and we are not, and this is not hard? Or this is hard and that was not hard? No. But his motto, his, his, his understanding from the day one, he said, he must increase and I have to decrease. It's not about me. It's not about me. All the martyrs, the church has millions of martyrs. We're celebrating the Catholic New Year. The church is known, that is the church of millions of martyrs. Look at Dulagi, look at Rebecca, look at, at all those mothers who were able to give their children and offer them. Why? Because they were strong. Because they were submitted to the Holy Spirit and they were strengthened, they were established by the mystical, again, the mystery, again. If we keep thinking of our own ability, we are not gonna go anywhere. We're not gonna move one inch. But if we come to him daily and say, I cannot do this. I have no power to this. I want you to do this in me. You will jump. You leap, leap of faith. And another point here, I have not to look how many persons do it. I have to do it. Exactly, exactly. Start with myself. The little, as I said with St. Macarius, it doesn't matter if you're able to do 500 prostration. It doesn't matter. Do one, <laughs> but with a pure heart. This is all I can do. Faithfully, this is all I can do. That'll be perfect in God's eyes. Again, the woman, the widow with the what? With the two? That's all I can do. That's all I can, that's all I can give. The two mites is just not only monetary. It's that, that's why we, again, I always say this, in the litany of the, of the oblation, we pray for whom? And those who want to offer to you what we have, none. I love this part in the, in the, in the litany of the oblation. Those who want to offer to you, but they have none, remember them also. But they want to. Faithfully, they want to. And he will take this and say, okay, I will take this and build on it. Right, those who, right? Yes, yes. So, so that's, that's with this mindset, you can actually put this into practical life in the relationship and starts, brings it back again. So he's talking about all that in general, and then he brings it back again, funnels down to what? The very, very, very intimate, very close relationship, starting with the husband and the wife, with the father and the children, and with the master and the, that's what comes to. That's what boils down to, is that relationship. And we talk to, 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 the, to, the, to the youth all the time when we go and do mission and travel to Africa. Like if you're going and serving there and you can't serve your own household, don't even come. That's not the point. But the point is to serve here. To serve here. And that's what he's talking about. 
we'll, there, we'll talk more about those, those three passages, but just one thing I want to mention, in, in, if you notice that, that's what I was looking for, that he always starts with what? We start with the strong or with the weak in those three passages. Start with the, and again, I'm not, uh, <laughs> don't get me in trouble at all. Huh? Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Let's skip 18. He <laughs> starts with the child first and then the father, right? He starts with the bond servant and then the master. And then you know the first one. <laughs> why, why is that? Why is that? The same point that we talked about before, that 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 the ruler or the person who has the power or think he has the power is not from him. It's not from him. But as I said before, we have to understand the household of the, of the Roman household. You know, when especially when you talk about wives and, and husbands, we have to know exactly what is the, 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 the role of the wife at that time, right? And women in general in that time. So when St. Paul comes with this, it comes with actually revolution, right? Because why? Because in the Jewish tradition, they were ignorant. There was nothing, they were nothing. Even in the Greek tradition, they can go out. The noble women will stay home. They can't do anything. And the husband has all the right to do whatever he wants, but the woman doesn't. So in that time, when, when he's talking about this, he's actually, this is the first time to say, okay, you do this and you do that. Both. You have obligations and you have rights for both sides. And that's why in this passage is beautiful because he talks about that, he hits on that. In the past, it was always what? You have duties and I have rights. The strong has the rights and the weaker have the obligations and that's it. But if you look at the text, he goes now, no, as you have this, you have this also. Because as he said before, just a few verses before that, in Christ there is no difference between this and this and this. But he puts everything again, the, the, the reference in all those three examples is who? Is Christ. So whatever you are acting, whatever you function, whatever you think you are, don't forget that the reference point is, go back to again to Christ. We'll, we'll, we'll just for the time, we can talk more about this, uh, those three things next time and then jump into chapter four. Actually, this passage, as I was preparing this, this passage, every, all the commentators will, will end this passage with 4-1. So as the, the, the first of, of chapter four is actually the end of that passage. Why? Because he continues that. Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master. And this is the key for the three things. No, you also know that you have a master. Whether you're a husband or a father or a wife or a child or a servant, bond servant, no, the conclusion is what? You have a master in heaven. The boss is in heaven. Questions? Yes. It's, is it the perfection for the person or the perfection for the body? For the, for the bond that is perfecting the whole body together. So in, in say in, in a community like ours, right? What will perfect this community? 
that will be over any kind of, of misunderstanding or, uh, or envy or jealousy or whatever. What will make that community perfect? About the love. So here, remember, we talked about that the whole body is knit together with joints and ligaments. And we said that those ligaments and those is that love that will make the whole body perfect. Imagine, as we said, imagine if there's a body and there's no joints or, or ligaments, like you're, you're just all over the place. Okay. So what makes that body perfect is that bond of love. Okay. Uh, Jesus, our Lord said this fulfillment. The love is the fulfillment of the Lord. Right, so that perfects the whole. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Good. Any other questions? Okay. Thank you. We'll uh, pray and then we'll continue more next week, God willing.